Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. In the book, The One Thing, Gary Keller and Jay Papazan talk about the lie of a balanced life, because ultimately we believe that balance is unachievable. Nothing ever truly achieves absolute balance. And today, Connie Steele joined me on the podcast, and we challenged this concept and talked about how we can think differently about work and life and the integration of those two things and how we can get more clarity on the purpose behind the why we do the work we do so we feel more fulfilled. Because the truth is, it's about counterbalancing or integrating your work and your life. Or as Connie says, creating a work-life fit. So let's go talk to Connie Steele. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm here with Connie Steele. And Connie is a future of work and life expert, executive consultant, author, and career strategist that guides companies and professionals in finding their purpose, gaining momentum, and thriving in today's constantly changing and hybrid world. Connie and her research team assess and measure what it takes to be successful in this new world of work and life and the implications to individuals and organizations alike. She has her book, Building the Business of You, and her podcast, Strategic Momentum, Connie, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah. Well, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background on how you came to be here today and what your passions are? Sure. Well, I started my career as a marketing and strategy executive for technology companies prior to making a pivot to pursue an independent path. I think so many of your listeners or many people who have been contemplating a shift, realize that at some point in your life, you realize that what you're doing isn't really a fit anymore. And honestly, if you probably go back all the way to when you started your career, you probably did make some twists and turns and changes because we're, you're, you're seeking to learn more, do more, be more. And I'd say that has been somewhat reflective of my path, even though what I was told and what I was taught is that, you know, you do well in school. Uh, and then based on that, you should get into a great college. And based on that, that should open up opportunities to work on a great company. And then you kind of move up that career ladder that should help you set everything in motion. And therefore you should be happy. But I think for a lot of folks, you realize, wait a second, that isn't exactly the right thing for me. So how do you go about taking control and regaining maybe some of those other aspects that you're looking for to define the level of success you want? So it's a little bit about, about me. And I'd say also, I'm as a child of immigrant parents, I'm a first-generation Chinese-American Um I had to actually, I was forced down a path because I didn't know. And so when you think there's one way and then you are exposed to so many amazing people who help you think differently, it helps you kind of reframe what you want. I love that. Hey, you, I love what you're interested in and the work that you're doing. I and mean, we talked a little bit before the podcast about how it's there's so much alignment with where you're focused and what we're focused on and the way you're thinking about things. So really excited to talk to you and dig into that stuff this morning. And I thought maybe we'd start kind of at the at the top, the bigger kind of uh, nebulous question around purpose. And, and I know you say that you're really thinking about individuals and and organizations and how they kind of begin with purpose and kind of fill that some of that void. 
big question, but I'm curious, like, how do you think about purpose in this context and how it relates to people's journeys and fulfillment? Well, when I think of purpose, uh, it's on the forefront because so many people during the pandemic were forced to reevaluate and redefine their relationship with work and how it fit into their lives. Because let's face it, we now were facing our mortality in, in so many different instances. So it got down to what am I doing this for? What is the reason that this work serves in my life besides just a financial circumstance. And and certainly for some people, that that is necessary. We all need to be earning an income. But outside of that, when we spend so much time in our professional careers, that also defines who we are as people. And so when you tie those two together, because work and life are integrated, even though I think for many of us, we grew up in a world where it was siloed and sort of conformist and he had to section that off. We're now thinking, wait, man, what's my why? (laughs) How does this ladder up into something bigger that delivers an impact in the world or for other people? Because what we're seeing is this fundamental trend of individuals wanting to be better themselves. They want to do better and they want to have some positive impact in the world. So they're trying to link, what is it that I do every day that delivers a valuable contribution in some way? Otherwise, when you think about, wait, if if I were to pass tomorrow, for example, did I leave the footprint that I wanted? Did I really support the people that I loved? Did I make a mark? In, in a way that I'd be proud of. So that's how I think of purpose and, and the other pieces. What you're seeing in this new world of work are individuals challenging their organizations to define what that purpose is and making sure that there's alignment, right? So if you're going to work for a company, you want to feel like what you believe in and what they believe in are aligned. So to me, all that collectively is reflecting um, this higher order focus on purpose and ultimately values. I love that you that you tied values in there. I I've seen, I'm sure you have too, that this growing interest in and in the relationship of of purpose and the the career path and this fulfillment. Obviously, that's what you're focused on. And there's more interest in it. There's there's some attraction to it. I find oftentimes that someone maybe at the beginning of that journey is kind of struggling. They're like, I get it conceptually, right? I, I, yes, I, yes, my big why. Yep. I'm in. All right. How do I figure that out? Like, what do I, where do I start? Right. How do you get people going on the path when they're just beginning this journey? You know, to get that clarity can be so hard because I think people know sort of the what, meaning I know I, something doesn't fit. Um, I'm not sure I want to do what I what I'm doing right now, but to create that traction, to get unstuck, what do I do? And so what I advise people, you know, one, start to think of yourself if you can, really as this product and service on the web where you need to kind of create that strategic plan. This gets back to defining 
what is your goal? What are you looking to do? Um, so at its highest order, it's start with what I want out of my life. Simply, what am I looking for? Am I looking for greater flexibility? Am I looking for greater control? Am I looking for the opportunity to spend more time with my family? But once you could just answer that, then you could see, wait, so what is my work goal? How do those two align? Are they not aligning right now? Because maybe you're in a situation where the role that you have or the industry that you're in doesn't enable you to have that level of flexibility and control you're seeking. Maybe you still enjoy the work, but there's something of a disconnect. So start there because if you're not clear on what it is you're looking for in your life and how work ties into it, you're still going to struggle because you may go down the path of, all right, to get going, the first thing I need to do is look for a job. And it may be in the same industry or a similar title or that next title, but you're not really getting to the root cause of why you feel this disconnect in some way. So I'd say start there. But another thing that's really important, and this is part of um, a broader system I talk about from the book, which again, gets to strategic planning. It's this five-part really plan, but it's about spying the trends, spying the trends in you, doing that analysis of what are the kind of macro dynamics that you see in the marketplace of what's happening in the industry that you like, you know, what's happening with the roles that are uh, in that industry. Where do you see you fitting? What have you done in your career that aligns? But also doing the work on you means what environments fit me best? Where do I believe? I deliver value. What have I done, not just inside my job or the jobs that I've had, but think about all the other things that you've done outside of work. Because I'm sure so many of you have these amazing hobbies, passions, and interests that reflect your many talents that you probably do bring into what you do, but don't even consciously realize that. But start to understand all those aspects of you. Write it down on paper because once you do and you start to document that, you'll see, oh, wait a second. I do do a lot. I do know a lot. I do see how these skills that I have, which is more than just the tasks that I do at work, can enable me to deliver the kind of value that I want to provide to others and to other organizations. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. 
And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. If somebody gets a general grasp on what, what that is, they're asking the big question, maybe finding at least an initial answer, but not super confident. I know I've found some success in just trying to get people in the mindset of, of you just got to work the muscle. And, and we, we like to say like forming a relationship with your goals, but like what that means is over time, like just having the, the question in your mind, writing down the results of some reflection, and then just continuing on this process, you can really kind of turn the dial over time to narrow down like what that is. And, and like you'd said, having a strategic roadmap, right. And like being really clear about like where, like what the path is that you're going on so that you can be more accurate. And do, do you see like that development over time is like, just get the momentum going, right. Get some momentum in your, in your favor and then adjust as you go. 100%. So I love that you brought that up because there's one thing to start down the path of clarifying what a potential plan could look like. Now, let's also keep in mind that this plan is not going to be set in stone. It's something that's always going to be evolving because some of it you don't know. And I think we have to be okay with recognizing that we don't always know what the outcomes are going to be. So to your point, you know, just get started, see the progress, but I look at it this way. And this is another aspect that I talk about in the book, but also another uh, element that I think we see um, out there and others uh, sharing as well is that so much of what prevents us from moving forward is fear. Fear of failing, <laughs> shame, anxiety, that the outcome is not going to be what we believe it to be. But the reality is we don't always know. So if you start to understand, okay, why am I afraid of even doing this step that I've mapped out. What's driving it? And do that pro con pro analysis. Like, wait a second. If I were to do that, what's the worst that could happen? If I do that, what's the best thing that could happen? And then you start to realize, wait, maybe I'm catastrophizing this whole situation. But also you realize there's a lot of steps that you will eventually need to take in order to achieve this bigger roadmap. And once you map out what those take, you can look at it and say, oh, wait, this very first step I need to do to help me move down that path of what I ultimately want to do is not so scary. Oh, maybe it's just connecting with somebody on LinkedIn that I'm interested in talking to to help me better understand this new industry that I'm looking to be in, that may not be that intimidating. Or, or maybe it's, I just need to go start researching something and learning about it. But that's part of the process. So once you start getting in that habit of what I like to call, it's testing, learning, and iterating on you. Now, I'm going to go back to that point. You are now a product and service on the web, whether you like it or not. Anyone can go onto LinkedIn and they see you. And LinkedIn's like one big Amazon, right? For people. So it so much of this is you 
over time defining who you are and recognizing that. So, you know, when, when you start to recognize, okay, I need to shape who I want to be, who I can be, and that is going to take time. I just need to map it out and build. That's perfectly fine. Again, I like to say we're all in a constant beta state to be our best selves, right? Because no matter what, we are always learning and growing. There's so much to um, consistently absorb and adapt and adjust with everything being so uncertain and change is constant. But when you open up your mind, say, you know what? Every opportunity is an opportunity to learn and there's no failing. It's, and if you want to call it failing, it's failing forward. Because now, if you look at it really objectively, each time you do something, it's a data point. Gives you an idea of, okay, what did I learn from that? Good, bad, um, maybe neutral, but oh, it means I should still keep going with it. Or it means I should pivot. Mm. Yeah, dude, you bring up so many good like frameworks and and like a, a clear model. It's you know, having a strategic plan, testing, learning, adjusting collecting your data points. And I, I love it because it's so important that we focus on the whole person and, and love that that's where you're, where you're, where you're focused as well. And you're thinking like, Hey, you have to, you need your professional and your personal goals, but they are not um, mutually exclusive. They have a relationship together. And it's so interesting because we, we, we talk about this all the time in the podcast, but we use a tool called the 411 with our, in our world and the 411, it's an accountability goal sheet you have your personal and professional goals and you break them down to monthly milestones, weekly activities. I say all that to say that it's so interesting when we work with this, this accountability tool uh, in our coaching, either in organizations or with individuals, that you always see a massive disparity between the, the kind of goals that they set professionally and personally. Either there, there's a big imbalance and you just have 20 goals that are given to you in your organization or that you've self-selected that you've broken down and it's, it's, it's complex language. You've got KPIs, you're really specific and measurable. And then on the personal side, it's like lose weight, you know, and which is great, but like it's, it, you can see a huge like variance in the lens from which in the tools people apply professionally to their goal setting versus personally. And I bring that back around to like what you're saying. It's like, it, it feels a lot like, don't like, don't separate those two things. Like have the same kind of like, you know, um, I guess intentional, like specific and measurable goals and breakdown and have a strategic plan for how you achieve your personal goals, just like you would in the workplace and, you know, test, learn, adjust, have an MVP, right? Have a minimum viable product for your goals that you go out and just learn and get, get momentum on. But do do you see that imbalance and need to create consistency as well? 100%. I love the fact that you use that analogy, which I do too. It is about having that MVP of you. You, there is no perfection when you start out, right? And I I believe so many of us grew up with this need or belief that we have to have it all figured out. You know, what is the whole detailed plan before starting? Because we're trying to mitigate risk when we go out to market. But the reality is that we have no idea what that's going to be. And just starting small to test the waters is actually a, a good way to assess, is this even the right 
path for me. Um, so thank you so much for bringing that because I, it, it is very much, I think this analogy that I like to use coming from technology and spending most of my time in technology is that we used to live in this world uh, for those who are familiar with technology in this waterfall development world, which is similar to thinking about like the industrial line way of working. It's like one piece to another piece to another piece. And it's very linear and sequential and siloed. But now we live in an agile world. So the way software products are built, it is starting small, iterating, again, in that constant beta. Um, and so you're constantly evolving and growing to see what ultimately fits. I think that mindset has inevitably um, become embedded in so many people's lives, particularly those who are younger because they grew up technology. So you're always playing around with things. But to your point of you know this disconnect, I think what's really important to highlight is that in our professional roles or even in companies, success is defined by these very hard KPIs, as you pointed out. The thing is, I think, unfortunately, what we don't recognize is success is not just the hardcore metrics. The success is the feeling that you have in achieving all these steps to get to the hardcore metrics too. And when we don't acknowledge the emotional side, <laughs> coupled with the very transactional side, I would say, that's where you kind of feel this disconnect because Sometimes there isn't the hard core numbers that enable you to identify, are you on the right path yet? And I really like to say that I feel success is just as much of a feeling because for those folks who have strong gut, right? Some people make decisions by their gut, not all data. If we only do it by the data, then a lot of times people may say, oh my gosh, I'm failing. But our gut is also very much data because it is all of these experiences that we've had that have been locked away that we now intuitively know. And I know this to be a fact because I interviewed a psychologist on my own podcast to understand what's better decision-making, gut versus data. And just said, you have to look at gut as data. It tells mm. you something about your own experience. So the reason why I could see that disconnect is that you're not also recognizing that, wait, if I feel like the work that I'm doing leaves a level of happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment. Because how do you measure that, right? I mean, that is not as quantitative as, oh, I'm going to hit this number. But if it feels right, I think you have to pay attention to that. And you have to acknowledge that that is part of the journey to help you achieve those financial goals that you're striving for. And maybe it may give you an idea of maybe it isn't the financial piece. Maybe there's something more behind that. Again, getting back to that, the why behind the what. Uh, I love it. We, 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 we'll ask a question in, in trainings and workshops and it's a little, a little, a little clever on the clever, clear spectrum, but we'll say like, what's the purpose of a goal or a purpose? And we'll, there's a lot of things that come out and then we'll also challenge people to say that it's also about who you become in the process, right? So it's, it's about being appropriate in the moment so that you can make decisions and go on gut and feeling and the things that you're saying. And it's, it's interesting because you, you end up in this and you said it, but the, a balance, right? Like you, the risk of being completely data-driven, KPI-driven is that you, you 
you don't listen to your gut, that you are just looking at hard numbers. You're not, maybe you're not your team or yourself or individually in your personal goals, you're not feeling fulfillment in the process. Then if you tip that the other way and you're going completely on, you know, Hey, this, this feels good, but you're ignoring the data, then, you know, you're, you've run the risk of feeling good, but never getting to a place that you want to get to um, perhaps. But so there's a, a balance to strike there of like, Hey, how do you look at numbers, but also trust your gut know that goals aren't binary. I think that's something that, that you say, and it's, it's not black or white. It's also about like, you know, the journey, uh, and not so cliche way, but like, what are you like, take moments to celebrate you're growing, like having a really big goal means that you're going to have to change the way you think you're going to have to acquire new resources. You're going to have to change your behavior. And it's really about celebrating the wins that you score there and then adjusting your goal over time as necessary so that, you know, you keep moving down the path towards some ultimate ends. 100%. So, you know, when we do our research, when we define success, because our focus is how do we understand um, what are the key drivers that help people be successful? How are they um, able to break through that inertia? And, And what drives that level of career success? And the way that we looked at career success was satisfaction with your career progress. It isn't a specific marker of money, title, power, because it's different for everyone. You know, we, and we talk about the future of work and life really from that human centered perspective. You also see that people are defining what success is very differently. You hear many people who have indicated that their definition has evolved from one that was much more financial in nature or one that was about achieving a certain level of status, they realize, wait, that's not it. They're shifting it where it's about finding the happiness, the fulfillment, achieving a level of meaning and purpose in their life. And we see that in the data is that, you know, when they identify what these goals are, is doing meaningful work, always having interesting work, you know, having that sense of purpose. And what's also interesting is that, you know, there is this Harvard professor who wrote um, this book, but there's a study called The Progress Principle. And it's about when people feel like they're moving forward in that positive direction, then you're starting to see forward momentum, right? Like that is that feeling of success that, that, and it's not always, again, that hard number. Um, and when you think about people, think about those who are leaders of your own companies, like I think all businesses are in the business of people. People are not one dimensional. People, uh, are, multi-dimensional people are multifaceted there are so many different elements to who we are and folks have recognized that conforming to one way of doing things doesn't really enable them to leverage their full breadth of skills and doesn't enable them to reach their potential and so subsequently you're seeing out in the marketplace this acknowledgement that wait you know maybe some people learn auditorially. And so 
podcasts are a better way for them to absorb the information or for those who are neurodiverse, you know, they, they have just as much talent. It's just understanding what works for them. Right. So it gets back to how do I find my fit and what are the ways that we can better understand people? We're not run by sentient robots or anything yet, as much as everybody talks about <laughs> automation and AI and so forth. But humans are complex. And so we have to tap into all of those different facets and understand their motivations, behaviors, attitudes, beliefs, approaches, because people approach things differently, to help work in a mutually beneficial way. But in order to do so, it all gets back to, are you aligned? Are you aligned on the on the purpose, on the mission, on the vision, on the values? If we all can agree, we're all working towards those common things. Again, this is more of an organization. Then all the other pieces, well, well how can we be a bit more fluid and adapt? But I would say it's the same thing for you. Like, what, what is it you want to do? Why do you want to do it? When you have that clarity, then how you go about doing it is also going to be fluid. It's going to be adaptive. And that's perfectly okay because where you are in one stage of your life and what you want will likely change in five years and then another five years and another five years and so forth. So um, don't be fixed. You said, you said, uh, you talked a little bit about values there and, and, uh, it's one thing that we teach a, a lot and, and leverage a lot and on the personal side, and I've done so more and more. And even in the, the call it corporate or organizational, um, influences and trainings. And it's, it's really, I think, impactful to first become aware of like what your values are, because it's hard to know if you can align with the work you're doing or a future state, if you don't know what values you have or what matters most to you. And uh, when I, when I did it the first time, I was, I was a little bit, I was like, I don't know, you know, this is a little, little loose for me, but then I've, <laughs> I've been just consistently blown away by how much it impacts my life to be aware of what they are and think through them like a lens. Uh, my, I, I have three, we try to influence people to have three minor leadership, excellence and adventure. And like, when I know that I have those, I can kind of use them as a calibration tool at times. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling a little out of alignment here and I can make an adjustment. And that for me, when people ask me, like, how do you maybe clarify purpose a little bit? And, and what works for me and the way my brain works is it's just the relationship between my goals and my values. And when they're like humming in, in a good frequency together, I feel fulfilled. When they're out of alignment together, then I feel like I'm, I'm running into a headwind all the time. And I'm just, I guess, uh, curious if, if you have a similar thought process or how you like, lean into values um, to help people in, uh, in this context. I think values are really important. I think the struggle people have is when you ask, what are your values? You just sort of sometimes get a complete blank stare because sure. it seems to your point, um, someone ethereal, they're like, I've never really thought about what I stand for in that way. And so to me, this gets back to doing that deep work of, well, where do you feel you have delivered benefit to others? Mm. What are those principles that you have? What matters most to you in your life? What are the behaviors that you employ that reflect uh, a philosophy, 
um, a mode of working in which you're really consistent. So this gets back to truly doing the deep work on yourself. As I like to say, it's, it's spotting all those important trends that many of us don't do. Unfortunately, that level of homework and introspection rarely, (laughs) because I think we're always thinking about, we have this specific job or role or business, and we got to just do that and execute. So we're, we're almost defaulting to execution Mm. before thinking about the strategy. What's the plan? What, what is my plan? What is this all about first? Because if you think about in any particular situation that you are, you're in, say, let's go to a meeting. So the simple way of thinking about it when you're in a meeting and, um, it seems like lots of stuff's being talked about, but it's not quite getting to a conclusion Mm. (laughs) or a next step. And it's fuzzy and people can feel it. But you should start the meeting. Okay, what's the objective of the meeting? Like, what are the goals and objectives of the meeting? And what is the intended outcome? What what do we want to get to out of this? What are we trying to learn, right? I think that's a lot of what we go through too, is that we don't ask ourselves that question. What's the outcome? That's a a great point. Like when you go into like a meeting with yourself, like, hey, I'm going to do some planning for the upcoming month or set some goals, like having going into that with a clear, Hey, what would success be in this little time that I'm spending with myself and narrowing your focus? Yes. And you know, I think our default at times as well, when we plan, it is, I got to figure out the whole thing. So then it scares you and then you quit because that deep thinking is not something that we're always accustomed to doing because everyone is so busy And the check the box type of like, let's cross out everything on our task list, which I know that you guys talk about a lot too, is that we feel like there's a sense of accomplishment when like we've cut, we've, we've checked off the 10 tasks that we need to just get done, but it's not the real thing that necessarily moves the needle, but how we spent the time to identify what is it that may move the needle? No. So it's a chicken and egg piece, but, uh, we oftentimes, I think, set unrealistic uh, expectations for how we spend the time. And sometimes it's like, you know what? Today, all I need to do to start moving myself down that path is documenting everything that has made me happy, fulfilled, and feel like I have contributed well in the most recent job that I did, for example, or, or the business that I run. What is it? Jot it down. And a really easy thing to do is just record yourself and just talk. Because sometimes you people get writer's block. Like, oh my gosh, when I type it, it's just not coming. Just talk and record it. And then you can transcribe it, right? But, but to have something on paper that you then can react to very objectively will then spark, oh wait, yeah, I guess I did do this. Well, what else? What else? What else? But man, I like as you know, I like to take a very data-driven approach because sometimes, you know, without something to react to, it's all in your head and you think you have it solved and you're all kind of doing these machinations in your brain, but nothing ever gets translated inevitably. Um, so it requires you to take all that wonderful thinking that's up there, organize all that into something really tangible 
and it's okay, do the brain dump. You'll then start to see the patterns in yourself. And I would even say, talk to people, ask people, ask friends, employees, former bosses, maybe vendors, questions about what they see your value is, what your superpower may be. How do you go about doing it? I I emphasize how because to me, a lot of people can claim or they say, oh, I'm great at X, Y, whatever. But a lot of times what differentiates you is not the what, it's the way you go about doing it. Whether it's the process, like the actual documentation in the system, but it may be the relational way that you go about doing it. How you engage with people, the influential skills you have, the communication skills you have, your ability to bond and connect with them such that they trust you and then you're able to get the work done. That is just as valuable. That's a softer side. So, you know, again, when it gets to you understanding how to build this broader plan, mind you, a lot of people don't feel successful in where they are in their career, but it's because they haven't established that approach. This is where it can help you think through it a little bit. That's such a great point. I mean, I, I I know it's a lesson I've had to learn on not just the what, but the how, but something I've seen uh, you know, as a leader that I've had to uh, help teammates get out of their own way uh, on different occasions so that they they could, because they're doing excellent work. It's just, there's, there's a little bit of a, a how it gets done that if it is paid attention to, sometimes can even be more impactful, which is just the human component of how we, we need to live and exist together. And it does circle back to like what you said before and the importance of like test, learn, iterate. And in that learn phase, it's not, you know, you're gathering feedback, you're looking at your environment to to understand like how you can make adjustments. And then you you called it out before, like iterate and then like make sure you're taking action. Because it's it's only part of the puzzle to learn like what you want to adjust. You have to actually turn it into something tangible um, and make those small adjustments over time that really yield those exponential results. 100%. I mean, if if your listeners can think of it this way, right? There's the analysis, <laughs> there's the planning, there's the execution, right? So when you start off, again, that whole thing of spotting that trend, trends, doing the macro and micro analysis, it's like what's out there in the marketplace or in the industry or even competition or other people that I know. Gather that information just to start because it's just a good foundation. But then look inside you. There's all these aspects of you um, where you want to better understand who you are, what your values are, but really what environments do you fit best? Like, But those will inevitably mesh to give you a better sense of, okay, well, when, what's that compass? What's that plan you could start to create? But then another piece, so I'm sort of talking about this five-part system to help people conceptualize this, right? But the next is, okay, great, I have the plan, but I'm freaking out because this sounds good, but I don't even know how to start because I'm worried that I'm just going to fail. So, but then that's getting over this catastrophizing that you have and starting small. But as you and I know, it's about building those relationships, right? So, but to build that relevant set of people, that village that could help you to get to where you want to go because you need people to do it. If you're not clear on what you want to do, that village, it's going to be harder for that village to activate on your behalf because they're going to ask, well, how can I help you? What are you looking to do? What outcomes Mm -hmm. are you trying to achieve? They're going to ask you those questions anyway. 
But if you have some sense of what that direction is, they can start to think about resources or other people or approaches to think about. And then the end, because you've now collected all this, all right, now I've got some skills that I might need to build around that. And particularly those soft skills, because in this new world of work, it's knowing how to communicate um, and connect with people. But then while this sort of approach, don't think of as you start linearly because you're trying to build these elements, but then now you have a plan. You have something to work from. Think of that as your center and that spawning those trends, networking with others, those skills are all data points because you're collecting and they all feed into that center, which is the plan, which helps you iterate. But no matter what, you're always going to deal with change. And think of this as change management that you have to do on yourself, right? So of those who are familiar with the term, it's, wow, I have to just shift the way we approach things. And that's hard for many people because we don't like change. But you're always doing change management on yourself. So as you get information from the people that you're talking to, that may send you in a place to do more research and study stuff, which may send you to, oh, wait, I need to get this skill. You're also, you're going to be feeling these emotional ups and downs though, because you're like, I've never done that before. So it's all connected. But when you understand that, that it's a system that is all about iterating more and more and more, then you'll eventually kind of have that flywheel that gets you out of this sort of feeling of being stuck. Mm. Yeah. I mean, change is happening regardless if you're being intentional about it or not, right? The only constant is change, as they say. And so you you might as well get yourself into a place where you can manage that change and be really on in the driver's seat as you go through those, those periods as much as you can be anyway. Because it's going to happen. So either either change is going to happen to you, or you can involve or be intentional about yourself in the in the process. One hundred percent. I loved your point, right? So you know, one thing I think that's clear. Um, I think I mentioned before is that we're now in a world where uncertainty is the new certainty, right? On every possible level, like on a global level, um, you know got climate, we've got geopolitical sort of dynamics and so forth, but in our work and in our life, which we nearly didn't have before. So mm-hmm. it can create a lot of anxiety and stress. But when you just know, all right, well, what are those small steps I can take to find that level of control uh, and create some level of stability? Then you realize, all right, I can figure out how to adapt to that change. Yeah, you because said, you said something before. Grow. Yeah, 100%. You said something before, you know, going small and you said it a couple of times. I just want to highlight that uh, there's so much value in, in that perspective and going small. It's like what we say is think thinking big and going small. So have a big vision, like know your direction, know like where you want to go, uh, like a compass of sorts, and then go small. Like don't get overwhelmed by the big. And the, the way that I've process this and try to communicate it as I talk about like zooming in and zooming out being really important. So you need like, like when you're really lost in the weeds and you feel like you don't know where you're going, like zoom out for a second and and think big about where you want to go. And then when big becomes overwhelming and you're like, I don't know where to even start, like zoom in and remember, go small, like take small actions. And then if you need a course correction, you can zoom out and kind of have a skill to knowing when that's appropriate. Yes. Yes. I, we can often um, get in our heads 
pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I think that happens to everyone almost every day because we are all feeling so overwhelmed with the constant transitions that we're having in our life. And some of this, I think, is acknowledging that, yes, we are going through more transitions than we ever have before. Things used to be much more of a steady state so we could handle it. Now, things are always shifting and moving. So when you realize that they are, to your point, it's, well, what is the one thing, the small one thing I can do that makes me feel like I am moving forward, that I accomplished something, but I understand how that one thing aligns to the bigger picture goal that I'm trying to achieve. And if for those who are business owners or just leaders of people, if you can do that for your team, because they are probably struggling too. So you as an individual are struggling, right? To try to move everything forward and you're just quite overwhelmed. But also recognize that you're not the only one too, that if you can see it in the people that support you or even just maybe even your peers, it's probably easier for you to identify what's going on with them and spot those trends of where they're getting stuck. You can be that ear, those eyes, and just help them understand, hey, wait, I believe you are looking to achieve X, the bigger goal. But what can we do to help you start small? Think about the collective momentum you will have together. Think about how you're going to make them feel. Think about how there's going to be this sense of camaraderie, belonging, connectedness. Like we all need that no matter what we do in work and life, right? When you take the time to understand that in someone else, then you're going to be able to support one another. In, in a different way. And I think when we operate too much on it is the number, it is a task, it is finishing this project on time, on budget, whatever it is, you forget all of the human aspects of work and life that come into play that you need to get something done. So well when said. you start to build that, I mean, it makes it feel good because that person will be very thankful right? And so when you know, and you could trust someone, you're like, I appreciate that. You got me unstuck. Now I know what to do. That's a great feeling. And likely that'll translate into other work that you do. And you guys will be able to plan and uh, basically implement faster and better. Couldn't have said it better myself. That that, that was really, really well articulated. And uh, so, so many great points in there. You could unpack for hours on on all the, the good stuff you just said. Um, around leadership and alignment and narrow focus. And you said getting unstuck. And I know that's something that you're passionate about, right? When it comes to getting people and teams, organizations like unstuck. And is that yes. where, where you're coming from? Is, is leveraging uh, that mindset, those skills to, to help people and teams just get unstuck. And when they're stuck, you can go that route to get the clarity you need to move forward. 100%. And it's it's coming down to this aspect for organizations. It's understanding what I like to call that voice of the workforce. What do workers, not employees, but your talents, what do they really want? Why do they want it? What's motivating them or what's holding them back? 
What do they believe are the right approaches to take? And it's looking at understanding them very holistically as people, because when you understand what they want personally and professionally, that information you collect, just like building products, right? Any company that is in the business of creating products and services for their end customer has to really understand that. I think that's really important to do that just with the talent that you have as a leader, because then you'll you'll recognize, oh, wait, this is what the gap is to your point of, oh, wait, there's always a gap analysis somewhere. <laughs> like, why wouldn't we kind of do that gap analysis? It's almost getting back to basics, right? Um, and asking the important questions, but also for individuals to get unstuck, it's the same thing. It is really doing the deep work on yourself, which may sound again, cliche. It's like, what does that deep work mean? It's documenting what, what have I done? Why, why have I done it? How have I done it? Where have I done it? What does it mean? Have I liked it? Have I not liked it? It's just like, well, what is the evaluation of just me? And, and I would say if that causes some concern and, um, pause just because it's really hard to do it for yourself. And I recognize for so many people looking inward is not easy, but you know, what could be really helpful is talk to those people that know you best. Ask them some of those questions. You're like, I'm stuck. I'm not really sure how to answer this about myself. I guarantee you they'll have plenty to say. And the easiest way to do that, you could just get on a Zoom call, Google Meet, whatever it is, and just ask them a couple of questions, record it, let them talk. You, the two of you have that back and forth discussion. You record it, you got a transcription. All of a sudden, you have a wealth of information that describes you. And that's a great place to work off of. Say, oh, I didn't even know that about myself. Or maybe, you did, but it just wasn't top of mind. It gives you now a platform to work off of versus just being in your head. It sounds like there's a lot to be gained from some some reflection is how I would categorize it. And, and getting the clarity from asking questions, gathering feedback, like just having general introspective, I think, reflection time. And I think for some people that can be really uncomfortable at times, right? To, to hear that. And I know that in my own experience and from trying to help people get started in this process, it's trying to associate that like uncomfortable feeling with growth and, and saying like, Hey, that's lean into it. Like that's, it feels weird at first before you know it, like you'll welcome that feedback and you can take it really candid at first. Maybe you're a little apprehensive, you're out of your comfort zone, but then like you just over time, like a muscle, you just get more and more comfortable with that. And you just want it. You like, like if you're not getting feedback on a regular basis, you're like, I feel like something's missing, right? Like, is, do you have a similar experience? Yes. Your point of it's like a muscle is very true. And I share the same point of view is that all of this is a habit oriented. If you think of it as a muscle that you're trying to build and it requires practice, mm. you have to uh, be kind to yourself and say, it is something that I'm learning to do over time. Nothing happens overnight. There's a level of patience. And I think um, understanding that you have to have about yourself, that this will be something that builds over time. It doesn't stop. 
So if there is this belief that, all right, I start, I build the plan, I execute against it, and then I achieve this, it's over. It's never over. This is just the beginning of you setting a fundamental foundation to help you chart whatever course you want to take throughout your work and life. Because one milestone that you have right now inevitably will evolve into a different milestone later on. But if you can build this skill, as I like to call it, it is really this skill of strategic planning. And when I define also strategic planning, and I will also say that from our research, we learned that planning is actually the biggest driver in one satisfaction with their with their career progress. There's a reason for it. And it makes sense when you know what it is that you are striving for. So planning in, in our research, this dimension was about a having a clear goal and the path to get there, but the people all those folks that that network that mentor that sponsor that helps you achieve it that's when you could start to again create that level of momentum but but building the skill of well how do I even define that plan but then how do I build the skills of even networking and finding the village that's hard but if we're if we're not patient and forgiving of ourselves that it's okay, it's going to take time, we will mess up. That's just part of it. Uh, and But through that, I learn what's good and what's bad. You're going to be so much farther ahead. And honestly, when things come at you out of left field, which they will all the time, <laughs> you're like, all right, I've dealt with something like this before. I still get scared. And that's okay. Everyone gets scared. Everyone gets nervous. But because you have some experience with it, it doesn't feel um, as pressure field. It doesn't feel as overwhelming. You can go back to the fact that, all right, I have some history in this. What did I do before? I'll try that again. Maybe I have to do something differently. And you're able to, as I like to call it, you know, these sort of sine waves that you have and your emotions and, and challenges that have in life, like there's big amplitudes that like when you first start, it feels like huge, huge waves. But if you keep on doing it, those amplitudes get shorter and shorter and shorter. It's not that you're not going to have them. It's just that they're not going to feel as bad. Mm -hmm. And so you're over time going to be able to kind of smooth out. I'm like, all right, freaking out. <laughs> but I now know I can do this. I believe I can do this because I've did, done it before because so much of this is mindset. Yeah, and you start to get the confidence, right? That you can you can work through it and you know that you've got a process or a system that you can leverage from experience that you go to that and you can get the clarity you need to move forward. Exactly. Confidence is key. So much of us, so many of us struggle because we're fearful and we lack the confidence. Uh, and believe that we can do it. And even though we got so many friends or families, like, of course you can do it, but we're in our own heads. So what do you feel you need to do that helps you build your level of confidence? And it's different for everyone, but know that some of your confidence building comes from you feeling that you've achieved certain milestones. 
that it's made you happy. Those are all mile markers, in my opinion, because it it enables you to realize a potential white space opportunity that you wouldn't have other otherwise considered before. So be open to that and recognize that as another data point for you. So true. It's so true. And you, you at the top of the, the podcast, you mentioned uh, believing and and having a belief system and having the confidence, as we were just saying, to to know that you can do what you can do, and also being aware of where you might have limiting beliefs in place and and what story you might be looping day over day that's standing in your way, and and all of that stuff. I think it's it can you can unpack in some healthy like reflection or you know check and adjust or just having a regular system. I'm I'm curious, like, like what do you leverage from a either how frequently or what framework do you use to find time to dedicate to just clearing the mechanism, doing that reflection or that, that planning, that check and adjust that the iterate that we talk about so much. You know, uh, for me, sometimes it's just getting away and actually funny enough, it's just sort of exercise for me where when I'm out and I'm walking or doing a workout, it's clearing my head. I think we don't always give ourselves the headspace to just empty our minds and just be fresh because we're always striving to accomplish something. I'm an absolutely guilty of it. I would say sometimes I'm still guilty of it. I have to remind myself, wait a second, I am not operating at my best because I haven't given myself the headspace to think as clearly. Mm. So when I do, me personally, it's just getting that level of physical exercise. What I've realized is that works well for me. When I'm out on a walk or whatever it might be, it calms down all of these negative thoughts or concerns that I might have. Unless we go back in and say, wait a second. All right, let's look at this again from a fresh lens. Or probably like a lot of people too, I get inspired by listening to different podcasts too. So sometimes when I'm out, I want to get a different perspective. I want that to help me evaluate, am I on the right path or not? But I would say probably every day I go through that moment of, right, what did I, do I feel like I accomplished what I could accomplish today? And also not beat myself up over it if I didn't, but it's like, all right, this is what I've learned. What could I, uh, consider in terms of potentially doing it maybe better or more efficiently, but it's just being mindful of that and translating that if you can, it's just documenting. I think so much of us, we all live in our heads yeah, all the time. We think we're doing it or not. Some people do journaling. I think that's great for each and every person. It's different. I just believe in that how can you start to jot whatever thoughts you have down? Even if it's just in notes on your phone, doesn't matter. But if you have something, it's a source of inspiration for you. It's certainly coming from within somewhere. It may not connect to anything immediately yet, but I guarantee you, you think about it enough, it it, it will all connect at some point. So I like to say, you know, document that thought, Make sure you spend the time for yourself, even if it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes to clear your head so that you can be refreshed and just focus on really what those important things are. 
That's great. Yeah, and you'd mentioned uh, podcasts and and having uh, some different podcasts. Uh, maybe a good opportunity. Where can our listeners, if they want to check you out, they want to hear your podcast and more of this 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 amazing thought process and the things you're up to, and where can they check out your book? Where can people find you? Sure. Well, you can uh, go to my website, ConnieWSteel.com. So you'll find the book, you'll find the podcast, um, you'll learn about the research that we've done, uh, and just sort of our our thoughts on this future of work and life to really help people navigate these different transitions so that you know we can really all sort of find what fits for us because we're all looking for career life fit right and we're all you know for organizations are trying to find that people company fit um but for the podcast too we are on apple we are on uh spotify really all the places that you can get your podcast and you should be able to find um all the valuable resources on my site or please connect with me on linkedin as well so awesome. Connie Steele, and that's uh, Steele with an E. That's awesome. And, and the podcast is Strategic Momentum, correct? Yes. Awesome. It's and the book is- Momentum Podcast. Yeah. And, the, and the, the book's Building the Business of You. And you have uh, a new assessment on the horizon, right? Where people can come and get a little bit of a, a scorecard on maybe how they should focus or like what their fit might be. Yes. So what we wanted to do was really provide a a way that people could understand how they're doing in their career and their work. Like what, what does success, what's that success score? But more importantly, how do you start to create that forward movement for you? So we've been working on that. It's been grounded in our research um, and we're looking forward to having that available uh, later in the spring for people. So for us, it's like you, how do you equip people? So at the end, they can be their best selves and they can be their whole selves. Well said. I love it. Connie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You shared so many great insights and perspective. I hope people come check you out and uh, take a look at your assessment when it comes out and find you on the podcast and the book. But thanks again for being here and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.